I want to very quickly go through uh, just a, a few parts of uh, the scriptures. Look at Isaiah 49 with me. And uh, all of these parts are looking at Genesis. But Isaiah, uh, excuse me, 46 in verse 9, back in the Old Testament prophet of Isaiah 46, verse 9, because God's plan of the ages is a map of history. And God tells us that he is the God who has mapped out history and that we don't need to be worrying and we don't need to be fretting and we don't need to be always wondering what's going on as everything gyrates around us and and nations come and go and lethal weapons proliferate and and rogue nations get off into their biological and chemical and, and nuclear arsenals. This is what God says. Isaiah 46, verse 9. And I hope you have it all starred and highlighted and marked and arrowed like I do. Remember the former things of old. For I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. What makes you unique, God? What is distinctly different about you? Verse 10. He says, declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, things are not that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. You know what God says? I'm God, because I can tell you what's going to happen in the future. I can tell you right down to the donkey that's going to be tied up by the door that my son's going to ride on that nobody else ever sat on. And I can tell you about it 100 years or 1,000 or 1,500 years before it happens, and it will happen just as I say. And that is God's claim to who he is. Because he says, I alone declare the future, and I am God. What does that mean? Well, it means that no man or angel or demon can predict scientific events or historical events or specific events and personages that will appear scores or even hundreds of years in the future. Only God can do this. Why? Ephesians 1.11. God works all things after the counsel of his own will. So God, in his word, the Holy Scriptures, and only there, prophesies the future. In fact, you're in Isaiah. Turn back to Isaiah 40 for just a minute and listen to, to God's bold statement. Isaiah 40 and verse 15, God says, Behold, the nations are as a drop in a bucket. You ever heard that expression, a drop in the bucket? Uh, there's so many biblical phrases. He has feet of clay, the handwriting on the wall. You know, all these, there's from the Bible. Because God has revealed that he is great and are counted as a small dust on the scales. God says, you know, when you, when you come up and you go, blow off the scales and get that dust off the scales, he says that's what all of humanity and all the nations and all of their newest proliferated missiles and everything else are just, there is dust. He said they're like dust on the scale. Look, he lifts up the aisles as a very little thing. And Lebanon is not sufficient to burn. You know, if God's going to make a campfire, all the forests of Lebanon, he says, wouldn't even start his fire. I mean, he is so great and so marvelous. Well, God has determined the history of the nations. Daniel 4.17 says, The Most High ruleth in the kingdoms of men, and he gives it to whoever he wills. And nations have frequently been the subject of biblical prophecies. In fact, Daniel 2 gives the sequence of empires. God says, this is going to be the roadmap of history. And he lays out all of the great world empires to the end of the world. Let anybody else try and do that and even come close. And it's remarkably a foreview of world history that God laid out. One more thing we'll see in this section of, of uh, 
Genesis 8 when we go through it next time, is the miracle of Israel because the continued existence of the Jews after all the centuries of their dispersal is most unique in all of human history. And it's a mute and it's an eloquent testimony that God said, I place my love on those people and I place my name on those people and those people are going to be my witness in this world and if you touch Israel, God says, you're sticking your finger in my eye. You want something painful? Let someone stick their finger in your eye. God says, you touch Israel, you're poking me in the eye. What's amazing is, not only did Israel become great like God promised, and God promised they would be great 1,200 years before they were great, when he told Abraham that. And under David and Solomon, they were the greatest of all. In fact, Solomon was the wealthiest king on this planet. Nobody exceeded him in riches and wealth or wisdom. But not only that, but the nations who have been kind and befriended the Jews, notably the United States and to a lesser degree England and France and a few others, have indeed been blessed. And let me remind you that the reason America continues to coast along is because we have a continued, though tacit and very uh, tenuous, kindness toward Israel. The nations that have not been kind to Israel, those that have persecuted the Jews, as in Egypt, are gone, ancient Egypt. Babylon, dust. Assyria, gone. Rome, fallen. Spain, passe. Nazi Germany, annihilated. Russia's time is coming. But every nation that has harmed Israel has eventually gone down to defeat and humiliation. Now, what other nation? I mean, can you say that about, you know, the Boogalusa people of Africa? No way. Can you say that about some tribe of the South Pacific? No way. They've come and gone. You touch Israel, you poke God. 